0: us on three women three ways we tackle tough topics and i think one of the topics that uh, is tough that we don't usually think of as being tough is legislation uh, we rely on legislation for so many things and one of the things that we rely on legislation to help with is domestic violence and intimate partner violence sexual assault etc and i contacted our guest because they each are in the Washington State Legislature, and they each propose some legislation, some bills this this session. And in Washington State, we have a session that lasts until for the first three months of the year, basically, unless there's something extraordinary going on. And everything has to be enacted during that time, or it just fails to proceed. And the article that I read talked about two such bills that had to do with sexual assault, and it just struck me that these just evaporated because the legislature didn't deal with them. And that got me curious as to how this process works and what happens and what those bills were more about. And so I have with me Representative Dan Griffey. Dan, welcome to the show.
1: Hello. Thank you for having us on.
0: And I, Dan is the representative from the 35th District. And I have Representative Michelle Caldier on their line. And uh, welcome, Michelle.
2: Well, thank you. Thank you for having me.
0: And I, I made mistakes in my notes. I didn't write down which, which district you're from.
2: It's the 26th legislative district.
0: Okay, terrific. And uh, basically, that is uh, the area. Oh gosh, what what is that? The area around it's a Kitsap area.
2: Yes, it's Bremerton, Port Orchard, Gig Harbor, and Key Peninsula.
0: And for those of you who don't live in Washington State, that's kind of a rural area and uh, not, not big city, that's for sure. And uh, so it's always good to hear from people from, from the rural. My roots are rural, so I always have a warm spot in my heart for all, all things rural. So thank you very mm-hmm. much, Dan and Michelle, for joining me. Um, first of all, just spend a couple minutes for our listeners who may not be aware. What, what's the process when you think of something that ought to be a law? Dan, do you
1: want to answer first? Well, yeah, we have uh, nonpartisan staff that we go to first and uh, with partisan staff advice. Uh, We come up with concept. We work out the concepts. We get it in a draft form. It goes to Washington State Code Revisor and makes sure that that uh, law complies with all Washington State uh, codes and that it would fit. Uh, Then we introduce it. uh, Then we have to ask uh, introduce it to... um, uh, to get a bill number once it gets a bill number the speaker of the house in our case refers it to the a committee in washington state we we pride ourselves on being one of the most open governments in the nation so every citizen has an ability to testify on a bill in its conceptual form so we have committee process and then that committee process we uh, have the bill presented to us we have the chance to have uh, uh, community members come in uh, Different lobby groups come in, uh, we can change the bill in uh, committee. Uh, there is a vote of the committee's uh, staff, or not staff, the members on the committee, and uh, it goes into what we call House Rules. And in House Rules um, is another place, I guess, that a bill could die. So a bill, a bill can die in many ways, but it uh, can die in House Committee. Uh, once it gets out of committee uh, with a, a majority vote, it goes to the rules committee, which it can die in committee uh, and then uh, and, be fit and fail to be uh, debated on the floor. Then the bill can move to the House floor where it has to have the full House bait and voted on, and the same process has to start over again in the Senate. So at every um, step that's, along that's, the
0: way... That's a really cumbersome process, but it's kind of designed that way, isn't it?
1: It is. The founders wanted it to be very hard to change Washington state law, and I don't blame them. It should be. It should be a really uh, discerning process. Uh, It should have quite a lot of input from our constituents. Uh, It should have a lot of, uh, again, like I said, thoughtful process. Mm -hmm. And in Washington state it does. We do.
0: Okay. Michelle, um, you – You presented a bill in this legislature, and so, of course, you just went through the procedure that that Dan talked about. But I want to ask you about what motivates you to come up with a law. I mean, a lot of our legislators go to the legislature because of something that's happened in their personal lives or their work experience or whatever. Mm -hmm. Sometimes... Um, there's a motivation of of, uh, just running for the legislature. Uh, I'm thinking of the Mothers Against Drunk Driving lady that started that. I mean, she started a a career because she was motivated um, personally by a tragedy in her life. But sometimes we come up with legislators who are coming up with bills, and I think, now what did they know about this before they went there? What was their background? What made them choose to work toward this legislation? Can you give me some
2: insight mm-hmm. there? Oh, absolutely. So most of the bills that I put forward, I I call it, I always say it, I, I usually work from the ground up, uh, meaning that usually it's a problem that I see in the community. So usually um, if I see, uh, you know, someone comes to me and says I, that they have a particular issue, I'll do some research to find out if there's any avenues that they could complain to or something that's already set up uh for my particular bill it just so happened that um that my daughter's uh friend had uh she was gang raped and uh my daughter talked her into going to the hospital and she sat at the hospital um all in all it it was uh nine hours um and before she left, the you know, but by the time she was able to get a, a rape test, uh, and she had sat there for I believe five hours before she was even told that that one particular hospital that they had hadn't done sexual assault um, rape tests for over a decade, and that she just oh went gosh. to the wrong hospital. Yeah, and uh, either that or they I live I in a
0: very fortunate community if they don't have the need for that
2: well so so that's that's the 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 hard part is that you want to make sure that if that when a woman or a man gets get uh get uh, uh, ra- or raped that you want to make sure that you have somebody who's doing the rape test so that it could stand up to to court so that they you know that they're properly trained and um and for many of the rural hospitals that maybe that they don't have an adequate number of providers uh and and that's a huge issue across our state um, However, you know I personally believe that that it should be treated just as any other sort of illness when you go into the hospital so for example, for Washington state, we have one Central hospital that people go to for um, head trauma or any sort of uh, you know major surgery and so all the hospitals know that you know if someone comes in and it's above and beyond their expertise that they need to airlift the person over to Seattle to Harborview Hospital well for for rape tests that's not the situation, and many of the hospitals are very poorly designed to deal with um, with that. And and basically, my daughter's friend sat there for many hours, and finally was told, "Oh, you know, you you need to go to another hospital," and and then was offered to get an ambulance uh, at her own expense. And I did a little, oh my little research, and oh yeah, and and come to find out that. This is an issue across our state, and and one of the other problems is that for prosecutors is that if so much time has elapsed, a lot of times the um, the material that they collect is no longer valid, Uh, and or that the woman just say forget it, I'm going home because I don't want to you know if you know you were treated poorly from your abuser, then you, you were treated poorly by the hospital a lot of women just say forget it i'm not going to go to the other hospital um so yeah this I, can't, is a huge I can't issue do it across I have to, yeah 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 um, yeah
0: so yeah it's a huge issue isn't it and you know we we watch law and order on tv and everything and they seem to be able to do these rape kits but we did a show about a year or so ago, uh, about the backlog in rape kits. And although our state, I Mm -hmm. don't believe, has a backlog anymore, um, neither does New York State, but there was some federal funding that became available to help with the backlog. But now what you're telling me is that it's not just a problem with backlog, it's a problem with not doing them in the first place.
2: Correct. Yep. And, And the thing is, is that for the average person, you would assume that the hospital would be the right place to go. And same thing with going to the, the police. A lot of times the police departments don't know the appropriate place to go. And so they very well may have directed the woman to go to the hospital where they're not able to get services. And, um, and so, uh, you know, that was that was one of the things that, that my bill addressed to say, you know, you've got a maximum of two hours at the hospital who's got a two-hour um, period where they need to notify the, the, the person and coordinate with the local sexual assault center to get them to the right spot.
0: And is that reasonable? Because I know a lot of times, I mean, I do tend to be empathetic, I think, with a lot of businesses Mm -hmm. and organizations because it's all well and good to say, I'm outraged by this and we're going to pass a law. But if you don't work in that industry or that office or that emergency room, is that really reasonable um, to expect based on their workload, et cetera?
2: Well, and and, uh, with the hospital association, that wasn't the issue that that they had with the bill was the two, they didn't have an issue with the two hour period. And, and it's funny because after the test it's interesting because after the testimony, um, most of the people who were on the healthcare committee that, which I serve on, they thought it should be less. And, and I, you know, I always try to play devil's advocate and say, well, if they were having a major emergency, I, could, I, I understand that hospitals, um, you, you know, that, that, that uh, they very well may need a little bit more time to, to figure things out but the, the one hospital that my daughter went to they they hadn't done sexual they told her they hadn't done sexual assault kits for a decade so that should have been a no-brainer you know they, they should have been able to let her know the second she got there and and um, send her off to the appropriate place
0: yeah but let's we're going to come back to that but first I want to get Dan on here Dan you also sponsored a bill uh, and what was that regarding
1: so 11, House Bill 1155 would eliminate the statute of limitations on felony sex crimes. So that meant the monsters that commit these sort of crimes would have to look over their shoulders as long as the damage they they uh, inflicted on the survivors.
0: Wow, um, we don't ha- we have a statute of limitations on everything, don't we? Except murder. Uh, don't murder. We? I mean, isn't that general? Yeah. yeah. Mhm. So basically yes. what your bill would do would be to bump this up as far as statute of limitations is concerned to the same level as taking a life.
2: Um, yeah, well, I think what that... we,
0: have to, we
1: have to fully understand and embrace is the amount of damage that these monsters do to the, their survivors. The damage is lifelong. It's life-altering. And um, here's what a lot of people don't understand about the crime. It's serial in nature. We know um, by profiling um, the individuals that commit these crimes, they do it over and over and over again, hundreds and hundreds of times, especially those uh, who uh, commit crimes against uh, young children. That becomes a fantasy uh, item, and they just do it over and over and over again. And the idea is if we give law enforcement and prosecutors the ability to prosecute those crimes forever into the future, any time in the future that they find uh, the evidence to bring a prosecution. We are saving other individuals from have, having now, to Yeah, this would be
0: for this. Your your bill would apply to rape, not just sexual assault, but to however rape is defined uh, in the so, uh, uh,
1: so, yeah. So there's uh, the Washington State statute is pretty complex. So there would be um, uh, 14 individual crimes that um, I couldn't list off right now because I don't have them right in front of me. But they range from. Uh, Rape in the first degree, rape in the second degree, child molestation in the first and second degrees, you know, so they, it kind of runs the gambit. And so what we did is we said if it was a felony in nature, meaning um, we elevated it to a felony, um, we're going to say um, we're gonna, we'll are going we go after you for the, you know, anytime that we find evidence after the, the commission of the crime. Now I have to be totally upfront with everyone. It's tough to get um a conviction a rape conviction period uh, even if you instantly get the information but what we're doing now in other states and we've learned from other states is because of the dna profiling database that we have and we've established um we can we can kind of set a marker we can we can we can find those people that have committed these heinous crimes knowing that they're serial in nature we might be able to connect the dots a couple times, and because it's serial in nature, we connect the dot. We could save hundreds of people from having to go be violated the way that uh, the people that came before them were. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: Well, and I used to actually I used to do some um, uh, evaluations of. Um, sexual deviancy, back in, back, in, back in the day, and you're absolutely right. Wow. You know, these, the, the typical trajectory for, for one of these guys is to be very active in, in sexual assault in the, the you know, early years and into the 20s, and then by the time they get to be 60 or 70, they start to slow down. That's a lot of years. <clears throat> um, mm-hmm.
1: my, my, wife's monster, uh, my wife's monster, we were able to, through Facebook, follow his carnage from Alaska to California. And um, he didn't stop with her, and he, she was not his, her first. Uh, he did it everywhere he was. It's the most despicable sort of crime that can happen. That's why we should uh, eliminate the statute of limitations. So we can, we can give prosecutors and law enforcement the ability to go after the true monsters in society and isolate them from society.
0: Now, whenever the discussion of rape comes up or sexual assault, you always get people saying, oh, but it's so easy for girls to accuse somebody, or they change their mind in the morning. There are all these myths that really don't don't hold mm-hmm. true um, when the research is done, but nevertheless, there are those myths. It doesn't sound like your um, uh, House Bill 1155 would have been dealing with a level of he said, she said, or a. Fifteen-year-old girl with an eighteen-year-old man, uh, you know.
2: Uh, yeah,
1: it
0: doesn't.
1: Uh, it, it, it doesn't change the evidentiary standards at all, any way, shape, or form. Okay. It doesn't change the okay. elements of the crime. It doesn't do any of those things. And we heard those criticisms as well, and we were able to talk uh, most people, uh, you know, off the cliff on that, because um, yeah. there is a lot of uh, there is a lot of national discussion on these issues, which is good. We should have the discussion, and we should do get the right. Solution, but I believe the right solution is understanding that um, these crimes are so heinous in nature that giving prosecutors and law enforcement officers uh, tools anytime after the commission of the crime to go after these individuals is a good thing for Washington
0: yeah.
1: and for the survivors.
0: Yeah, Michelle, and you had a co-sponsor. I think on yours, was who was the co-sponsor on um, House Bill 2585?
2: Um, I actually Where had I a, had. Well, I had quite a few people who signed on. Uh, well, I was a co-sponsor um, as well. Yes, I know. I know, uh, Dan, you were, and um, uh, Representative Tina Orwell was my was my number two. She was also working on a couple quite a few other sexual assault bills uh representative mccabe gregerson jenkins cody pikes and wiley and shea as well so um uh, you know i i I actually got a a lot of bipartisan support from people from the far left to the far right and and uh in you know because i i i really think that with my particular bill um that you know, women should know as soon as they enter the hospital that y- whether or not you can provide the service. Um, and now, it, uh, it, Representative or- Orwall is uh, so so. Both Representative Dan Griffey and I are uh, Republicans, and so we are in the minority in Washington State to the tune of one vote. So in Washington State, both the House and the Senate, um, the you know uh, were you know Democrats. Are in the majority, but they're only in the majority by one vote for both chambers, um, and so it's important for any bill to move forward that it is is bipartisan, and that we are working across the aisle on our bills. Um, Representative Orwall, who is a Democrat, she had uh, two other bills that had also made it out of the House and into the Senate, um, and into the Senate Rules along with you know Representative Griffey and my bills. And they sat in the Senate, um, and neither one of them got passed, which is probably the more frustrating piece because it had nothing to do with um, whether it was Republican or Democrat or anything like that. It, it just simply wasn't a priority in the Senate at the time, and, and uh, I'm incredibly Frustrated, that i voiced that whole time so far this yeah, year. Yeah, and I, and I actually read um, that
0: quote from you, and, and I thought, yes, why isn't this a priority? Um, everybody, uh, you know, I, I mean, everybody is a potential victim, but, um, you know, I mean, if, even if you see this as a strictly uh, a female issue, I mean, every male has a, a sister or a wife or a daughter or yep. at the very least a mother. We know they've all got those why mm-hmm. why why do you think it was not a priority and i think dan you uh, would i think agree with that that this was this issue these the issues that these bills addressed just were not a hot button issue this year and basically it was kind of easy to set them aside and move on to other things at least that's my interpretation do you agree with that dan
1: it is very disappointing i I uh, want to be careful. I'm not gonna. I don't want to impug motives in any way, shape, or form from my uh, by my colleagues. But um, yeah, I was very frustrated. I have hundreds and hundreds of sexual assault survivors that um, have contacted my office and are, uh, you know, they're riding an emotional roller coaster on this one. They know uh, because of ex, ex post facto um, constitutional statutes, we can't go backwards. We can only go mm-hmm. from this day forward or from the day we pass this bill forward. So they're just working to make sure that we give law enforcement officers and prosecutors the ability to help other children and victims, survivors, excuse me, uh, into the future. So they're, so they're just devastated every time we get a bump in the road like this. Um, mm-hmm. Disappointed that the priority wasn't um, where it should have been. And, um, mm-hmm. you know, I, I've been promised that the, the chair of the Law and Justice Committee, uh, he has promised me personally he's going to do a work session, which I uh, will participate fully and actively in to uh, come up with what he likes as policy for Washington um, when it comes to these statute of limitations. And I've got to be quite frank with you, I don't have to run the bill. I, I, it doesn't have to be mine. Mm-hmm. I don't have to have a, a star above my, my name and look at what I did. Um, if somebody else can run it and pass it, I would be their number one cheerleader in the background, but I will run this mm-hmm. bill as a chief advocate, as long as I'm in the legislature. And if I have to sit down and negotiate with Senator Peterson, I will.
0: Michelle, do you feel in, the same in, way about your legislation, your proposed legislation?
2: Yeah, well, well, um, uh, one thing I, I do want to say about Representative Griffey's bill is that... Um, you, you know, I, I, I was sexually assaulted by my stepfather along with my siblings. And uh, what I will say from a survivor's perspective is that a lot of times women do not come forward until they're adults. And uh, and, and that's one of the reasons why pedophiles are able to harm so many people um, throughout their lives is that they, they know that a lot of children don't come forward for, for a variety of reasons. And, uh, and, and that was one of the reasons why it was incredibly supportive of representative Griffey's bill, because I do think that we need to, to figure out a way to, to uh, prosecute these monsters and, and help the prosecutors to, to put them behind bars um, for my particular have- bill uh one of the one of the pieces of my bill was a fine to the hospital to the tune of $2000 and um and it, 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 originally the hospital association was not happy with having a fine and uh and then it, there was another bill that it came forward where um The woman who testified basically said that the hospital made her wait so long that they couldn't use the evidence and her rapist went free. And so I said, well, I have a better idea. Why why don't we just let the hospital be legally responsible if if they don't want to pay a fine why don't we make them legally responsible if if they let a woman sit there for so long and so then they didn't like that one at all yeah, the two thousand dollars so, sounded better and better huh? <laughs> right and so. So that, that, that was, you know, that was why it was able to pass out of the House. I'm, I'm not exactly sure what happened in the Senate. What I do know is that, um, and, and now, and, and what representative Griffey said is true where same thing with, with myself in the sense that if, if it's not, if it's because I'm in the minority or whatever, you know, and we need to have another person, um, uh, you know, take the lead on it to to get the bill passed. I'm happy to do that, and, and in fact, I even offered that as a proposal: was to let Representative Orwall package all four of our bills into one nice, you know, happy, happy bill, uh, sexual assault bill, and uh, and they wouldn't take that either. So, um, I you know, I I am going to continue uh, working with all the members of the Senate and. Um, you know, we we did have a short session this year, uh, but to me, I feel like that there there's really no excuse. So, yeah. well,
0: and I I kind of glommed onto your comment about this isn't a priority. Um, we see that with so many things, so many different issues. It's like something becomes a hot button issue. We pass all sorts of legislation because people are motivated and people are to call their legislators, express their opinions, stir up the pot, and so then the legislators pass this legislation. But if your issue doesn't have to be one of those hot-button issues, you'd, it must be like pulling teeth to get people to act on that. Our, our legislators need to know that this yeah. is a priority for all of us. Um, and so, you know, just as a citizen out here, I'm thinking you can betcha I'm going to, you know, next time these are these bills are presented, I, I'm going to read through them and I'm going to say, yeah, this sounds great to me. And I'm going to start putting pressure on my legislator to at least let her know that this is up here, and this is something that's important to me. And, um, you know, I think as citizens we just have a right. We have not only the right but the obligation to do that. Um, I think too oh, often we, we try to sit here thinking, oh, they'll take care of it. But, in fact, <laughs> there's a reason politics isn't called politics, you know. I mean, it, there mm-hmm. are other factors besides just is this the right thing to do at this point in time. Um do you think you will present this again next session, and will it be presented the same way? Um, I guess I should ask Dan that.
1: Yeah, so I'm going to, so the bill was amended uh, at the request of the Chair of the Law, Law Justice Committee. Uh, he wanted to limit the bill and to uh, uh, the statute of limitations, eliminating the statute of limitations to those felony sex crimes committed against those 12 and younger. I didn't like it. But um, I reached out to my sexual assault, assault supporters,
0: uh kind of
1: network group and asked. And they said, yeah, let's, you know, if you're going to commit those crimes, yeah, well, if you're going to commit those crimes, then against that age bracket, that age group, then you're the worst of the worst monsters. So they were happy. Um, so, you know, yeah. through the process of running, uh, you know, uh, working with Senator Peterson, um, you know, we're going to figure it out. Um, I want, my appetite is eliminating special limitations on all felony sex crimes. So that's my appetite. That's what I will always fight for. But um, am I going to have, do I have the ability uh, to, uh, to take it in, in uh, smaller steps? Absolutely I do. And the reason I do and the reason I have that support is because the survivors said do it. I'm really, really using their counsel on this one. Now it started out as my wife and I's mission and now I have, you know, I like to say I have a growing family of thousands now um, that I love and cherish, and um, it's their issue.
0: Okay, I hope you. And I hope you I'm don't gonna, aren't expected to put them all through college, okay? <laughs> no, I'm not. I'm not. But uh, okay, uh, just, I, we'll do, know, I would I'm do anything for them. a little bit here. <laughs> Yeah. But uh um, it
1: we just we have to determine what what form the bill's going to come out in and that's going to be the negotiating process that we go through this interim and you know what what the appetite from the good senators' uh, perspective is and I expect there'd be a good opportunity at that point in time to get a lot of people uh, involved in in, in the uh, work session. And during our work sessions it's just like our public testimony sessions. Uh, people, you know, the public can come and make comments. Yeah,
0: mm-hmm.
1: um,
0: and of course they have to come down to Olympia, which is a far piece for some people in our state. But that's just the way it is. I mean, that's that's how it works. Um, mm-hmm. uh, Michelle, and I'm I'm assuming that you are also going to not give up on this this proposed legislation. Oh, ab- you're going to- absolutely.
2: Absolutely. And actually, I'm going to take it another step further, and over the interim, I'm going to be working with the local sexual assault center. So in, in our state, every county has got a local sexual assault center, and they know who can provide the, um, the sexual assault kits. Uh, but one of the other issues that, that we, I know we need to tackle, that I wasn't able to tackle with my bill, is the transportation piece. So to, to tell a woman that they're supposed to get into an ambulance and pay for it themselves, I think is, is ridiculous. And, uh, you know, cause those are expensive. And, yeah. uh, with my do- with my daughter's friend, she had, she had drove there with my daughter and she was supposed to leave her car there and, and my daughter was not on her insurance and was too young to be on her insurance. And so she, she was arguing with them and saying, well, wait a second here, because if, if I let my friend drive my car my mom says she's not insured, I don't have very good insurance, and I don't know if they're going to pay for this ambulance ride. So to expect a, a woman to, to get, or a man, to get a a, a $1,000, you know, Ambulance ride ticket is is insane to me, and and quite honestly, it, it, to me, it doesn't have to be an ambulance. It very well may be that we can empower the local sexual assault centers. And I, you know, just from going through the experience myself and being there for many of my friends who've had to, to deal with that, um, I personally would rather have someone who is empathetic and caring to show up and bring me in their car. Rather than, you know, sitting in an ambulance ride with a, a bunch of people that, you know, because to me, I feel like that's kind of more of a cold and sterile environment. And and I would rather be with, um, you know, someone who's empathetic and maybe has been there themselves and in a, a, a regular vehicle if, you know, as long as they're not – Physically, as long as they're physically able to, to, to be in a vehicle and, um, and have them transport it, and it would be a whole heck of a lot less expensive. So that's one of the other pieces that I'm going to be working on over the interim is to figure out what to do with, with the transportation um, piece and to make sure that from the second that either a woman shows up at the police department or at a hospital um you know what is a smooth transition you know for for her or him um throughout the process?
0: That makes imminent sense um so were these the uh, to your knowledge were these the only two bills that were proposed and got nowhere um during the session that had to do with sexual assault well, oh, the, no. there was actually no,
2: not... yeah there was actually quite a few bills that were proposed that uh, maybe didn't pass out of committee or anything like that there there were four bills there was uh Dan's bill my bill and then representative Orwall had had two other bills that were stuck in the Senate rules which means it went through our committees it went through the house floor it went to the committee and the you know through the committee and the Senate and basically Uh, it was, it just had one last step to go. And I had, I was already reaching out with, uh, with the governor. I, it was my understanding that there wasn't any issues on, on his end. And, uh, uh, they, it, they said they actually, I, I could not get a good answer as to why it was not brought up. So
0: there you go. So there was four Uh,
2: bills that made it through the final, final run. And I always think of my bills kind of like, you know, like uh like when the the turtles hatch um on the sea, you know, and they're 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 running into the water and the birds are kind of plucking them off. Those are, that's kind of how 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 our bills are in the legislature. So the ones that actually little, make it kind of a brutal analogy but probably pretty accurate. <laughs> yeah, and good very, analogy, every Michelle. Every step of the way, every step of the way there is you know that that many many die so so for ours to go that far that it's kind of a big deal and and in fact uh Dan's was on the run list at the very end, so his was on the run list to be on, and they didn't call it out and so uh you know and and i I was told that mine was going to be on the run list, uh but it didn't make it on there, and I had started questioning some of the senators, and I I, I wasn't able to get a good answer, Uh, and and it was kind of frustrating, because there were many other bills that I thought were not very impactful (laughs) that made it through, you know, and uh, so you have to just sit there and kind of scratch your head and say, wow, so a license plate bill passed, but... (laughs) You know, now see that's why that, I
0: could that, not be a legislator. I'd be standing up screaming. You know, they they would they'd kick me out very quickly. Um, in in your oh yeah. Oh
2: I was no, say your, earlier comment about, uh, your earlier comment about pulling teeth. So in my before I entered the legislature I was uh I was a dentist and I will tell you that it is far <laughs> easier to pull teeth than it is to pass legislation. <laughs> so, <laughs> <laughs> it is quite frustrating, <laughs> but, um, but, but, you know, it, at the same time, like, I feel like both, both, uh, Dan and I are incredibly tenacious and, you know, you sit there and you go, okay, well, we made it this far and we're going to keep pressing on and, and we're going to put pressure on the Senate and we're going to work with all the legisl the senators and figure out what their problem is and figure out what it is that we can do to get our support.
0: Well, you know that that saying is that life is 90, The success in life is 90 percent just showing up. I think that we could expand that and say success in the legislature is 90 percent. Keep coming back. Yeah. <laughs> going yes, back. absolutely. Keep, <laughs> keep giving it another try because eventually, eventually, it'll get there. Um, unfortunately, you know, you know uh, that, that. Go ahead, Dan.
1: Um, so you brought up a, a subject, and I did. Sorry, uh, it's hard when we're not in front of each other to know timing. So I apologize. That's okay. But uh, you brought yeah. up something. You brought up something at the beginning of this interview that uh, you said you didn't think we had a backlog of untested rape kits. We do. It's very huge. We do. Um, one of them, we do. Mm-hmm. It's about ten thousand at this point in time. But um, one of the one of the uh, in a real positive. Uh, outcome, I sponsored an amendment to uh, this operating budget, the supplemental operating budget to get $2.5 million to uh, almost finish the work. And I was very proud to make make that happen. So um, the biggest thing that it does is it keeps a very robust forensic examiner team on staff at the the, uh, Washington State Patrol Crime Lab. And uh, it it gives, uh, you know, instead of losing the funding that we got from the the feds and then having to scale back on the number of examiners, plugging right on through and getting the backlog done. So um, that was a positive. And, you know, uh, Representative Tina Orwell got a couple of other bills passed that really moved the ball on, uh, uh, you know, the sexual assault survivors' issues. Um, We wish we could have got them all. Uh, Michelle and I are very tenacious. And uh, our appetite is ravenous when it comes to fixing these problems. Um, mm-hmm. So we'll keep going. Well, I was
2: pleased
0: today. I, I, I attended a, a workshop on the, um, uh, what's it called, the proper name, the domestic violence leave law in our state. And um, this is a, an amazing law. It's been around for 10 years. And what amazes me most about it is that most employers don't know about it. <laughs> and that's kind yeah. of sad. Um, But um, uh, the presenter uh, indicated that House Bill uh, 2661 that passed this year actually puts the onus of providing a safe, uh, uh, increases protections for employees to safety. So, in other words, employers in the state, uh, as soon as this goes into effect, I think she said June maybe, uh, that employers will be required to make sure that their employees are safe. And if that means walking somebody to the parking lot or whatever, then so be it. Um, And Mm -hmm. that is an astounding thing to me. So it makes me think that despite, you know, the the, um, lack of progress on your bills, at least somebody down there is thinking about, you know, women and safety and, you know, victims and safety and all that Mm -hmm. kind of stuff, and that makes me happy. Although... that with the domestic violence leave law, it says um, that family members are covered. That you can get time off for a family member, but not a sibling.
2: Oh, interesting. Did, yeah. Did you know
0: that? I think that was a housekeeping issue. I Gosh. think that and nobody's addressed it. So in your spare time, I did maybe not know Maybe you can look. You know, look. <laughs> yeah, no, it does I say will. family leave. But they uh, specifically dis uh, disallow siblings. So if you're living with somebody, yeah, I, you can get uh, leave um, to help them if they've been involved in domestic violence. But if you're a sibling, you you can't. It's kind of weird.
2: So that is interesting. I know, did not know that, so I will absolutely look into that.
0: Great, I, I like that. Um, I, you know, one of my things whenever I get around people with the legislators, <laughs> I'm going, what's it with all these exceptions? You know, I mean. <laughs> We pass a bill and, and we think, okay, this is a great bill, and then you start reading it. And you go, no, these people are accepted from that, and no, no part-time employees are accepted from that, and I, you know, and and uh, oh, you know, welcome that, to yeah. our
1: frustrating world.
0: Yeah, that's, <laughs> it,
1: it, it's, it's, an, it's an attempt to make everyone it, happy. It really does. Is what it is. Yeah, and and, and I don't think any yeah. piece of legislation can make everyone happy. In my case. Um, monsters that commit felony sex crimes are not happy because they don't get to do cartwheels after an expiration date. So.
0: Yeah, yeah but you know what? We don't care about them. <laughs> no, we just speaking well, as uh, representing yes, the entire voting absolutely. public. We don't care about them. <laughs> nope, <laughs> not at all. Yeah. So what Very next? True. You talked about both of you are, are not going to let these bills go, but that's not going to solve the problem completely. What is next? Are there other legislators? Are there other um, yeah, uh, issues that you feel that you want to tac- tackle regarding um, either the domestic violence issue or the sexual assault issue or uh, predators? What It doesn't sound to me like either one of you <coughs> is willing to just pass one bill and let this issue go. Am I reading mm-hmm. you? No,
1: you know, I think – no, you're not. Um, well, for me in, in, in any way, but I think I know Michelle yeah. pretty well after hanging out with her for a few years. Yeah. <laughs> um, we, you know, uh, there there is a whole suite of bills that we uh, we talk about. But, you know, I think uh, the dust has to settle on some of the new legislation we passed, uh, extreme risk protection mm-hmm. orders and all those kind of things. We need to let the dust settle on that and figure it out. Is it working? Does it need tweaking? Um, do we need more resources to make sure that they, they um, th- th- that it that it works the way that it needs to work. Is law enforcement, do they do they have all the resources they need to enforce it and make it work? So I think every once in a while we have to pause and, and say, you know, we can't be a freight train all the time. We're going to have to sit back and look and see some of this new stuff that we've done. Um, How is it really working? And make sure that it's, you know, going the right direction. Because we can do it about face, um, but mm-hmm. uh, at times we need to be a little patient and and yeah. make sure that we're very measured in our approach.
0: Well, exactly. Yep. And I think that and I appreciate that because I I I myself get impatient with people who say, "Well, you have to do something. You have to do something." Because sometimes just doing something can make the situation worse. Um Oh, I, a I lot of times completely. in
1: Olympia. A lot of times. Yep. Oh. Yeah.
0: yeah. So, you know, this push yep. to just act, 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 you know, sometimes you have to sit back and go, "Let's evaluate." Um, let's see mm-hmm. what we can do because we can just make it a lot worse if we just throw let you know what is that phrase about throwing money at a problem it 's the same thing I think when you just throw legislation at a problem um sometimes it helps, but sometimes it does exactly the opposite of what you'd hoped it had it would do. You mentioned the legislation that did pass this year what were um uh, the issues uh with uh, sexual assault and harassment that did pass what what new laws? Will we be looking at in Washington State as a result of this most recent legislative session? Well, so re-
2: Representative
1: I, Gina McCabe, oh. go ahead. No, go ahead,
0: Michelle.
2: Oh, I, I was going to talk about the same bill. So, go you go for it. Go, go ahead. Go ahead. Law. You got it. Well, oh, give sure. me a rundown quickly, okay.
0: Michelle, and then we'll we'll <laughs> go back to Dan for, okay, more, so, for further update.
2: So, re- yeah, Representative McCabe had introduced Aaron's Law, which uh, introduces um, education. Uh, component to schools to teach children that, you know, hey, you know, that nobody's allowed, you know, nobody should be touching you in certain areas and uh, and is more prevention focused. Another one is really examining the sexual assault nurse examiners in our state. And, and like I said before, you don't have to have the sexual assault nurse examiner, but you should have somebody who is a provider who's trained who knows what they're doing, um, so that they can, you know, go forward and and testify uh, in court and make sure that that that's not a problem when you're doing the prosecution, um, because there is a huge shortage in making sure that there's access for uh, for you know survivors to get the care that they need. Um, so those are a couple of the bills that 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 did get passed. Um, and I, I, know that for, for, like I said before, for the, interim um, I'm still going to be working to, um, improve the coordination between the, the providers and the hospitals and the police. So that, that, you know, cause to me, I feel like that is one of the biggest areas in terms of, uh, you know, making sure that, that people are getting to the right spot. Um, and I, I I know I'm missing a couple bills, so I don't know, Dan. Do, can you think of a couple more off the top of your head?
1: Yeah, and I, I do apologize. I I am missing a couple of the the bills as well. Um, but uh, you know, I I think that uh, uh, we're we're we have moved uh, the ball a long ways. Um, I didn't mm-hmm. know that this was going to be a priority of mine when I got into a, Olympia, but I met. You know, I, I, my wife and I had had an interest in eliminating sexual limitations way before I got into politics, and I met uh, Tina Orwell, and I saw her passion and in, in the holes uh, that she kept uh, pointing out uh, that exist in Washington State. Um, you know, we did re-up uh, the uh, uh, safe, is it the safe task force? Um, yeah, the
2: same, same, task force. same task force.
1: Yeah. Same same task force. We did re up that one and a lot of our good legislation that we um are passing or proposing uh, and we pass a few of them uh, every year comes through that task force. Uh, Representative Jim, mm-hmm. Gina McCabe and Tina Orwall are co-chairs of that one and that one's a good one that we re up. And um the you know just getting the you know the first large amount of money from the state to make sure that the backlog of kits are done I think is very important because, you know, like I said, one DNA profile hit could save hundreds of people from having to be survivors of this crime.
0: Absolutely. Mm -hmm. And I am shocked, quite frankly, to find out that we're not because I did a show uh, probably three years ago um, on this, and at the time, New York State still had a huge backlog, but they had lots of federal bucks, and as a matter of fact, they got caught up and had federal money left over, and so New York State started using that as grant money for other states to get caught up. And the person that I interviewed was actually local to the Seattle area, and at that time, it looked like that backlog was going to be completely gone. So I'm I'm really shocked um, that. Well, we we we, we believe
1: we took the 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 last. Step this time, the we believe that we're going mm-hmm. to get it it fully done. You know, the other thing is identifying it because we didn't have uh the the standards for um storage and all that kind of stuff was um not as good as it could have been. So these are all kind of the setup bills that we've been working on in the last four years. and I've been in the legislature. How are you going to store them? Where are you going to store them? How are you going to number them? How are you going to do you know all of that sort of thing? So. We had to get all of those pieces done. We have a, a you know, in the middle of it, uh, Representative Orwal and myself um, received a phone call from a Coma 4, um, or Cairo uh, uh, reporter, and asked if we can make a comment on why uh, Seattle is not testing DNA from uh, domestic vi- people that commit, commit domestic violence in the city limits. And that's been a two-year-long process to find out that Seattle won't charge under Washington RCW, which doesn't – that means that the uh, Washington State Patrol does not have the authority or jurisdiction to test because the crimes don't match identically. So we, every time, like you, you talk about, every time you, as a legislator, you think you've put your fingers in all the holes and plucked all the leaks, another one springs up. And uh, mm-hmm. you have to be, uh, you have to be vigilant, and you have to really, really dig down deep and make sure that you're doing all that you can do. Um, anyway.
0: No. Yeah. Well, one of the things that I think fits in with this is the crime victims compensation um, department, mm-hmm. or you know, I, I'm not sure their official title. Fun. But I, I was kind of yep. shocked to learn how really, I mean.
2: They don't have a lot of resources. And nope. there are no, they women. don't and and yeah, and, and, and that was that was actually one of the the proposals that they tried to put forward for my bill, um, when it was in committee, which was to use the funds from the crime victims compensation to fund the ambulance rides. And I'm like, I'm sorry, but It's that that fund is so poorly, uh, you know, that we need to be adding more more uh, funds to it already. I don't want to swipe the funds away to pay for a thousand dollar ambulance ride when I know that 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 means another woman uh, won't get her face reconstructed after, you know, her husband beats her up. So, you know, if I have the choice between the two, I'd rather think. You know, I mean, I, I hate to say it, but I I kind of would rather get the woman's face reconstructed, you know, and uh, yeah. and uh, and and that's that's part of the problem. And instead, I think that we need to rethink what the transportation system is and, uh, you know, and, and if that means to get the local sexual assault centers, a, a vehicle or allowing them to get mileage reimbursement to. Uh, transport a woman in their own car, then maybe that's a better avenue that we need to look for, and not swiping the, uh, the the crime victim compensation fund. Um, but, but you're right; that that is another huge issue. And then the other piece with the crime victims compensation fund is that a lot of times that they'll only give so much money for a case, and and it is really a lot of times not even enough to cover the basic overhead of the surgery. So you have a hard time finding a provider to perform the surgery as well. And, and making sure that, uh, that, you know, we can somewhat make, make, the, make the person whole again, even though, you know, but, but that's a whole nother issue. So you're, you're right.
0: It caps out. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, I mean, if you need a, a uh, uh, hundred thousand dollar surgery for reconstruction, and that's mm-hmm. not an unusual number in the state day- and an age. Um, you know, I mean, that's not like pie in the in the sky. I mean, it's hundred thousand yeah. dollar surgeries are not that rare. Um, and if you need that, um, and you've already gotten some other stuff from, I mean, it, it caps out. I forget what the dollar amount is, but it's like one hundred fifty thousand or you know, one hundred eighty thousand, mm-hmm. something like that in total for everything and then it's gone you're done and too bad if you haven't received all the the help that you need so if that fund is paying for thousand dollar um ambulance rides you're right you know i mean that's gonna that's gonna deplete that fund but then we have that nasty question of you know whenever we pass bills we always have to ask who's going to pay for this and that's when things Mm. get really sticky and hot and
2: tired and uh, debatable don't they well, and and here's the, the, at times, but yeah, I I feel like for for the bills that that represent you know that for regarding sexual assault, I I feel like those are less controversial. And if if there is a logical way and the most you know prudent way to spend taxpayer dollars, I think that that's something that is less of an issue um it's the bigger there's bigger ticket items that we argue over
0: <laughs> well and i was thinking from the standpoint of like the hospital association you know i mean uh, whenever they're required to do something they see dollar signs okay then then we're going to have to pay for this yep. but, you know it's just it's just like even though i'm i'm 100% behind the domestic violence <clears throat> act I could, I do have empathy for like a small business. If you've got three employees mm-hmm. and, and suddenly you're going to have to keep paying for health insurance for somebody for six months who's not even working for you and you're gonna to have to fight a temp and you're d I mean, that is a hardship, um for the small business person. Uh I think as a as a culture, as a as a society, we've decided, yeah, well, sometimes that happens and and you just have to absorb that cost as you were saying mm-hmm. um Michelle you know sometimes we just decide this one is worth it you know there there's no debating that but somebody does have to pay for some things you know at the end uh, you can't ignore it you know it, um you know nobody's money's not going to fall from having to pay for the ambulance and you know that kind of thing it's just a question of you know how how are we going to make it happen and uh, do you think that that the lack of progress on these bills was a monetary issue at all
1: Dan, you no, want to oh, what? no, yeah, no. no. I don't think so uh, it, and let let's be totally honest. The every in uh, hospital, I'm a professional firefighter by trade, have been for a long time. Uh, I understand the intake process in hospital. They know all suites of services that are provided by the hospital at intake. It's not, yeah. uh, it is not too much, and it's not a money burden for the, to expect that the hospital is going to inform somebody that went through something so terrible that they could tell them right away we don't provide that here but what we're here to do is if you have injuries we're going to start the process and we're going to start working on your injuries and we are going to go down our list that uh, uh, representative called and i and representative wall and McCabe. we're going to try to make sure is a great list of resources and assets that we can get you to if it's Calling the law enforcement officer up to start the investigation, and maybe they ride in the front of the law enforcement officer's vehicle to wherever they're going to do it. I mean, we don't know how it's going to work out. We don't know what it's going to look mm-hmm. like, but it—it it, it certainly. But the
0: significant thing is that to at be... making it work out. Um, that from mm-hmm. from again from work. a citizen standpoint, that's that's the important thing is to may you know figure. We there are ways to figure these things out. Representative Michelle Caldier. Representative Dan Griffey from Washington State, thank you so much for talking with us, not only about this whole legislative process and about these issues, but also thank you so much for sharing your motivations and your frustrations and, you know, all about the process. Um, We've got 40 seconds left. Do either of you have any uh, ideas or any suggestions if somebody wants to participate in seeing that legislation is created in their states? Make sure you to get to like
1: know and work you with
0: your legislator.
2: Yeah, you yeah. Well, and 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 you could feel free to reach out to either one of us. It's uh, Michelle Calder, C A L D I E R, and Dan Griffey, G R I F F E Y, and both of us are are have got open door policies, and we're more than happy to to talk to anybody if they have an issue.
0: Thank you so much, and thank you for listening. Thank you. Thank Here are so three women three ways. Join us again next week.